Why does Botox make celebs look perfect, but you look plastic? I was sent this video by someone who wanted me to comment, and it has a lot of interesting points, but not the full story as I see it. I hope my take will help patients recognize good practitioners and help good practitioners like you guide their patients. Don't forget to like this show if it's helping you in your practice. Safe to say that there are a spectrum of aesthetic results out there ranging from so mild as to be ineffective at affecting the patient, certainly beyond the placebo effect, all the way through to grotesque body modifications. The most interesting thing for us as clinicians, certainly those of us who agree that appearance is a function of health and not just a way to express yourself, is when it goes wrong. When people aiming to look beautiful end up looking weird. How does that happen? That is worth understanding. The premise behind this original piece of content is that celebrities typically look great while others end up looking fake. Obviously, this isn't really justified as a blanket statement, but there are some really important dynamics which everyone should understand. Occasionally, I see injectors share an appointment list on social media. The first time I saw this was a Harley Street clinic. Now, I think we all know now that you can rent a Harley Street clinic by the hour, so it's not an indication of competence or skill anymore that you have a clinic there. But the long list of treatments were displayed, and this really gave an insight into how that clinic was functioning. Simply a list, one after the other, of the same thing. Botox, three areas, Botox, three areas, lip filler, lip filler, cheeks. Everything already preordained almost before the patient had even arrived, confirming my suspicion that many clinics run basically like vending machines. That's not to say that there is no discussion, but put simply, the patient orders a treatment and the injector delivers that treatment, assuming it's consented for and there are no contraindications, with the primary goal of simply satisfying the patient's request. This is even more clearly the game people are playing when you buy and sell packages, particularly with specific mills and units listed. Now, there are ways that you can guide patients and sell packages, but it's harder if you have to undo the expectations of the patient and then renegotiate. So I suspect this does not happen a lot. This is a recipe for weird results because essentially the patient is designing their own treatment, looking at themselves and thinking, I'll have some Botox, I'll have some lip filler, without any real guidance, knowledge or skill. Culturally, we do control our own appearance, of course, with hair, makeup, clothes, usually being a personal decision. You may also assume that adding the shape of your cheek or lips is a natural extension of this. The problem is it is really easy to ruin your face. Faces are complex, subtle, there are curves, angles, details, contours and expressions and these are not part of the consciousness of most members of the public. They see their face in isolated components and then design treatments from that ill-informed position. So this I call the vending machine approach to aesthetic medicine. What the patient asks for, the patient gets. Maybe a little bit of adjustment in terms of risk but essentially if they want their lips done or three areas of toxin, that's what they get. The game is simply commercialism. I will pay you if you do the thing I ask you to do. It is not one with guidance, nuance, and that really skilled approach to getting people to an objective result that makes them happier and healthier and of course more beautiful. This also happens when the patient and the clinician overly weigh up the importance of not wasting the commodity that they are paying for. If you're booked for one mil of product or a six mil Kim Kardashian package like you see advertised, of course, you want what you paid for and the injector wants to be paid for the thing that they sold.
This means the goal of both parties is to use the allotted amount of product, be it too little or too much, and not to solely create the best result. One of the factors that can also be protective of celebrities is instant feedback. Directors and producers do not want the show being stolen by a distracting lead actress or actor with an overtreated face. Culturally, more than ever, we are taught to be kind. Slogans like each to their own and as long as she likes it do not wash on the film set as easily as they do in our private lives. This means the mistakes of the average patient who is not guided by a skilled injector play out over days, weeks, months and years, whereas feedback for celebrities is probably swift and cutting. We saw this in the UK with Molly May, who was making her own content and didn't realise how far she'd gone until her audience pointed it out to her. She's since then reverted to a much more natural look. I suspect that procedure was driven by her requests rather than an objective point of view, certainly with the hands of a skilled injector who's good at consulting with a good aesthetic eye. But it also could have been another problem, which is injectors with a combination of a lack of fear and a lack of aesthetic awareness. Unfortunately, as we know from the Dunning-Kruger effect, confidence is typically greatest amongst those of us with the least amount of competence. In the UK, aesthetics training is now promoted specifically at people with zero qualifications, who pay for training but not regulated qualifications. Those same people can set up training schools themselves and so we have an explosion of new injectors with no experience who have only been taught injection techniques on a narrow area of the face with no consultation or clinical skills. Of course, there's a world of complication risks with respect to diagnosis, treatment and clinical decision making in high stress situations, which is impossible to teach in a few hours, but that's really for another video. They are sadly also indoctrinated by these providers to believe that they are just as equipped as every other injector as all training is the same. To be clear, I'm not criticizing any individual. There are many highly intelligent, diligent and safety conscious people within the system we have, this is a statement of fact about the system itself and it officially has no standards with respect to results or with respect to safety. There is actually far more regulation if you decide to open a burger van in the UK than if you decide to open an aesthetic clinic providing prescription drugs, thread lifts and injectables. At the bottom of all of this is a lack of a clear goal to guide every treatment. The only game worth playing for me as a clinician is to maximize the health of my patient through the medium of appearance. Appearance affects three vital aspects of human health, how you feel, how you behave, and how you are received by others. Every consultation should be an analysis of those factors. Every treatment designed to optimize appearance with respect to the patient's story in their personal context. So if the patient and the injector believe appearance is superficial and merely another way to express yourself, then weird results will occur. If the patient is sold a package of injectables and not an analysis and individualized treatment plan, then weird results will occur. If the injector believes that all training is the same and replicating the same injection points on each patient is how you do aesthetics, then weird results will occur. So if you are a patient looking for aesthetic treatment, Make sure you look for evidence on the reviews of your clinician and the content that they share that they are aiming for natural results. This is, in my view, the only goal compatible with a health-based approach to appearance. Also make sure there is evidence of a real consultation where they listen to your experience and your goals, take on board your own ideas, but then guide you. Real guidance includes adapting treatments around your unique features, 
your hopes and your fears. It probably also includes guiding you away from some treatments and towards others, but certainly not guiding you towards everything on the price list. You should feel listened to. You should see the plan changing as you discuss what you see, feel, and how it affects you. You should understand why some of your ideas were advised against and why others were recommended with reference to your unique situation. You should also look for consistent results in before and after pictures and any other evidence you can gather of aesthetic awareness. Finally, you should never be made to feel like the second most important in the room. This is a major bugbear of mine, but it's probably for another video. So I hope that video helps you understand some of the dynamics that can play out between two individuals when both offering and seeking aesthetic treatments. It's really important if you are a healthcare provider that you're very clear with your patients that your goal is their health and happiness. And that means not everything can be done for them in the way that they request because you are limited by the constraints of what it is to make a happy, healthy human being. Safely, of course. So let me know what you think. Let me know if I've forgotten anything. Don't forget to like and subscribe and I'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.